Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation about some of the most important issues facing the local church today. I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, along with Brady Boyd and Daniel Grothy. Guys, making decisions, uh, fun decisions, big decisions, hard decisions, complicated decisions, is kind of the bread and butter of leadership. It's what we're hired for. And you could almost argue that our leadership is the kinds of decisions that we do make. Unfortunately, I think not a lot of leaders have a clear or consistent process for making decisions, a process that helps the team work through the complexity of the decision and honors the people involved. So I want to talk about that because it's a daily issue for pastors and leaders, how we make decisions. And Brady, you were sharing some stuff recently with our team about what you've developed over the years that's helped you make clear-minded decisions that honor the people involved. Yeah, what I'm finding is that a lot of seminaries are turning out fantastic preachers, They're turning out fantastic pastors. They have a shepherd's heart. They preach well. They handle the church well from a theological viewpoint. But what happens is, as the church begins to grow, they suddenly realize that they're not just teachers. They're not just communicators. They actually have to make some pretty big decisions. They're leaders. They're leaders. And seminaries, by their own admission, have fallen short of preparing young men and women to get into an entrepreneurial environment where the church is buying properties or starting new programs or trying to do outreach into the city or going into a multi-congregational, maybe a campus model. And a lot of pastors make some big mistakes that cost them equity in front of their congregation. So what I'm going to share with you in this podcast today can save you a lot of pain and I have made these mistakes myself, and I'm (laughs) learning now as a 51-year-old pastor who's been doing this for 24 years. I wish someone had told me these eight questions 24 years ago, because it would have saved me a lot of grief and kept me from a lot of embarrassment because I had to apologize to the people I was leading because I had not thought through the ramifications of my decisions. Good-hearted, but accidentally losing equity with people. Yes. Yes. And so... Here's the first two questions, and and I have a reason that these two questions are in order. First of all, have we prayed? And now, let me just explain something. A lot of people have a good idea, and then they pray about it. But you know what I am finding? That it, sometimes it's hard to talk myself out of my own ideas. Mm-hmm. So I have a good idea, and then I pray about it. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me tell you the best ideas, the ones that have always borne fruit for me, have been the ideas that came to me while I was praying. Mm-hmm. So it's not me having an impulsive good idea and then praying about it, hoping God blesses it, hoping God endorses it. Actually, when I'm in a rhythm of personal, intimate, spirit-led, scripture-led prayer, when I'm in those moments, mm-hmm. that's when God speaks to me, and that's when I can almost count on those ideas bearing fruit. So the first question is, have we prayed? Mm-hmm. Not come up with good ideas. Right. I know a lot of churches that spend a lot of brainstorming sure. hours brainstorming for right. the best idea when they should just be in prayer. Right. And it's us. not, have we prayed about this? It's, have we prayed? Have Are we you in prayed? a habit of prayer whereby those ideas can be given by the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Every pastor knows that in August, it's kind of a relaunch of the church yeah. year. Everyone's coming back out of their summer. Kids are getting back in school. It's just a reset on the church calendar. And so Brady called our team to pray, and he sent it three months in advance. He said, here are the dates, August 20-whatever, don't book anything, no lunches, yep. shut it down. We're all going to be here, no matter what you do at the church, come to the World Prayer Center, and we're going to pray every lunch period. And during that time, 
there wasn't an agenda. Okay, these are the exact things we have to pray about. But over that course of the week of staff prayer, our hearts began to come together. And Brady, you started having some ideas and the elders are having some ideas. And sure enough, things have come out of it, but it was, it was we're just going to pray and then see what happens. The book of Acts is full of stories of the elders praying together. And it says, while they were praying, it seemed good <laughs> yes. to them. I've always loved yeah. that that scripture. While they were praying, yeah, it 13. seemed good to them. Yeah. And so the first question is, have we prayed? Which then leads us to the second question, the eight question that I want to unpack is, is God leading us to do this? I know those two things. Well, can't we make that one thing? No, because mm. I'm around a lot of competitive entrepreneurial leaders mm. who are motivated to expand and grow and do things out of their own ambition, out of their own competitiveness. And listen, I am competitive. Right. I want to win. Yeah. I want to be, I am entrepreneurial. I have a thousand ideas every day I want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's in the moments of prayer that I, have I prayed? And then number two, is it God leading me to do this? Yes. Checking my motives. Yeah. Really being self-aware about what's motivating me to do this. Right. Is this a God breathing on this? Has God spoken to me? Is God pushing me to do this? It's almost like I have to, and this is why a a part of Acts 13 story is it said it seemed good to them to send Paul and Barnabas out, and then they prayed and fasted some more. Yeah, Yeah, right. It seemed good to them and to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, like sit. double down on their (laughs) prayer time. Sit with it for a minute and let the Holy Spirit suss it out and sort it out. Yeah, so have we prayed is the first yeah. question. The second question, during this prayer time, is it God that's leading us to do it? And make sure, I know there are people who say, let's just listen to the whispers of God. Listen, I'm talking about big decisions. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that God whispers to us and we should be able to hear the still small voice of the Lord. I'm talking about big decisions though. And I think in those moments, the Lord knows how we're wired. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the Lord has to push me out of the boat. I want to ask on this just a related question. How have you learned? Because you talked about your competitiveness here. Mm -hmm. And it can be hard if you're a competitive, driven leader. It can be hard to distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit from the voice of your own ego. So what what have you learned on this? How do you you ferret that out? And I'm sure we'll get to it a little bit in some of these other questions. I know it's God leading me to do it when I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And it requires faith. And that's why these other questions are very important. Good. It requires me to be so dependent on him that it's almost a little scary when the Lord really speaks to you to do something because it's going to unsettle you. I've learned over time that I know it's the Lord when I'm, a, I'm tense about it. There's a peace about hearing his voice, and then there's a terror about following through with what he just said. <laughs> Gulp. You know, it's like this beautiful tension between being afraid of taking that kind of risk, knowing that it's going to require a miracle, it's mm-hmm. going to require God to breathe on it, and at the same time, being really peaceful that I know I've heard the Lord, though. And it's a great tension. That's you great. also bring it before the team, Brady. There have been countless times where in some of our senior team meetings, you say, look, I've got this idea. I've been kicking it around. I've been praying on it for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure if this is me, if this is my competitive nature. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm tired right now. In fact, yesterday you said, you know what, let's let's table that till three weeks from now. Let's get back together because I don't want to make a decision hastily. Right. And so you bring it before people who know you, people who you trust, and you say, hey, here's kind of my tendencies. Uh, is this me or is the, this the Lord? The mind of Christ is not divided. So it should be met with some confirmation in the people that are closest to you. If God spoke it to me, then he will also speak it to those closest around me. Good. And so have we prayed? Is God leading us to do this? And here's the third question. Do we have the right plan? Have we thought it through? You know, don't put your hand to the plow. Don't don't start building a house without counting the cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you thought through the plan? Do you have people around you? And this is where various gifts come into the play, because mm-hmm. the Bible talks about all of us having 
you know, the spiritual gifts being like body parts, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, it's one thing for me, the visionary leader, to come in with a lot of vision, but we have brilliant people at New Life Church that understand structures and systems and budgets, mm -hmm. and this is when you bring them into the conversation. Yeah. It's not that they're there to throw a wet blanket over your plan. They're not there to, to shut you down, to cause your vision, to, to discourage you, okay? Mm -hmm. But in those meetings, the third question I ask is, do we have the right plan? This is when people will come in and say, well, Pastor Brady, this is it's going to cost this much. Uh, it's going to require these kinds of changes on the staff. It's going to unsettle this ministry that we're already doing. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to stop this in order to do this. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things now are put on the table. And then you know what that does? It drives us right back into prayer. Right. Yep. So now we're praying again. So should we start this knowing that we can't finish it? And that's foolish, right? Yeah, right. But when we start it with a clear plan, a clear blueprint in front of us, this is what it's going to require. Those first three steps will determine whether you should ever get to the fourth question. They're being tested in the fires of yeah, community exactly. and scrutiny, and so they're all the stronger for it. And exactly. are the elders talking about this, looking at this? At what point do the elders come in? What role do they play? Well, the elders in our model of governance come into play when monies, a large amount of monies are about to be spent. But my elders give me a great amount of freedom to lead the ministries of the church. Day to day. But there are certain boundaries and parameters that when it starts requiring large financial yeah. uh, gifts, that's mm -hmm. I'm going to call the elders in. In our form of leadership at New Life, we have a band of leaders inside the church that are going to help me flesh this out to yep. this point. The elders maybe, uh, you know, they're going to get told about it and they're going to ask me, they're going to pray with me. So it's a team, certainly a team approach. Wonderful. Okay, so three questions. Have we prayed? Is God leading us to do this? Do we have the right vision or plan? Take us into the fourth. Okay, then the fourth question is then, do I have the right leader? Or even plural, do I have the right leaders? Mm -hmm. In other words, God's given me a plan. It's clearly God leading us to do this. But the one of the ways that God confirms that he has called you to do something is he sends you the people to yeah. do it with you. And oftentimes pastors think about a plan and they're not thinking about the leaders. Mm -hmm. And they look up with, they have great ideas, great plans, but they don't have the right people to execute it. God hasn't sent them the right people. And maybe this is where, again, Every one of these questions should give you pause. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, where you measure twice and cut once, right? Yep, yep. So when I get to this fourth question, I go, well, Lord, I know I'm supposed to do this. I'm, yeah. For example, I know I'm supposed to start the dream centers, you know, open up Mary's home, doing some of the outreach things we do here at the church. But it wasn't until the Lord sent me Matthew Ayers that I knew I could do it because I didn't have the right leader. It seems like the Lord works with the plan and with people, the right plan and the right person coming together in mm -hmm. sync. And Acts 13, 2, your story again, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul. Not, hey, I want you to go do something. And they said, okay, who should we have it? No, like Barnabas and Saul are there. Ready. The plan comes together. The yep. people are there. Here we go. Yep. So prayers, plan, people. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's good. So there it is, okay? We know that's the Lord because it all starts with the same letter. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the fifth question. Does that leader have the right team? A lot of young leaders get hijacked in this process. Mm -hmm. uh, pastors find eager leaders, and they send them out to do amazing stuff, but they've not asked the second question. Does that leader have the right team around mm -hmm. him or her? Mm -hmm. And so we can't just send people, you know, this is what's beautiful as we keep talking about the book of Acts, is we don't see any missionary journeys where they went off on their own. Right. Jesus sends us two out by two, two by two. two. two that by principle two. is deeply embedded in the New Testament, Paul isn't it? Paul and Barnabas. Yep. Uh, I mean, you see all of these examples. And the reason is, could Paul have gone on those missionary journeys and been fruitful? Yes. Paul was anointed. Paul was a great communicator. Paul was a great thinker. But 
Paul needed a team. I say to pastors all the time, listen, brother, if Paul needed a team, <laughs> I need a team. And we need to make sure before we launch massive ministries in the church that we have the right leader and the right team. And then it leads me to question number six. Do we have enough money? Mm-hmm. This is tricky. And I know people say, well, we're just going to do it by Live faith. By faith we're going to do it by faith. We're going to believe that God provide. Okay, that's great. I believe that. I live that way. However, what is the plan to communicate the need? Right. Have you uh, asked people in your church? I'm finding more and more often that there are some really good people in my church who would give if I would just tell them about the tell need. Mm-hmm. They, they're tithing, they're giving regularly, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've had men and women come up to me who are very successful in life and say, Pastor Brady, we would have loved just wish you to have been a part that. of that if you'd have just told me. And you know what I was doing? I was praying for God to provide. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of communicating <laughs> the need to people who have the gift and the means and the desire to be a part of it. Sure. So do you have a plan to communicate the need? That's and good. if you're embarrassed about talking about money, then you're not going to do anything right. very big for the Lord because you have to get over this insecurity to talk to people about what is God doing among us? This is what it's going to cost. Here's how you can participate. Right. Would you pray about it and do what God's asking you to do to be a part of this? So can I ask you a question on this? How do you know how much money is enough money? Because there are some things that, are you talking about just having enough money to get started? Or are you talking about having enough money to see it through to stage one? Or what are we talking about well, here? That's, like, the how third, do you? that's the third question I ask is, do you have the right plan? And this is where you get smart people in front yeah. of you at the beginning to put together a business plan. I know that word doesn't sound too spiritual, but actually it's very spiritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put together a business plan. Put together a model, a financial model, a financial forecast for what you're about to do. And, and I always say this, plan for the worst. What's the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. financially? Mm-hmm. And, and have a plan for rainy days, have a plan for it all going perfectly, which it, it does happen sometimes. But oftentimes, you're exactly right, Andrew, is that it's the unforeseen expenses that pop up that do derail us. We just did a project this last year where Brady said, I don't want to do it until we have a year's worth of operating expenses already accounted for before we get started. Yeah. And I just thought, brilliant. He's out in front of it. He's not just going to have this sloppy faith that asks the Lord to bail you out. You wanted to crunch the numbers, use your brain, love the Lord with your mind, yep. and get a good plan in place so that it has a great chance. We're going to be succeeding. as responsible as we can be with this going forward. And we might not, we might not empty out that year one account, but we're going to be ready for that. And it's just responsible. And I'll tell you this, givers see this. Yep. Uh, they're running their own business this way. They are people of faith as well. I mm-hmm. mean, they they have remarkable faith to run their businesses, their corporations in some cases. And they expect the church to think through these mm-hmm. scenarios right. and not just be so sloppy and use spiritual language to cover up bad planning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do we have enough money? Okay. And again, all of this requires faith. Here's the seventh question before I pull the trigger. Is this really the right time? I have the vision from the Lord, the right leader, that he's got a great team around him. The money is there. But oftentimes, even after all of that is said and done, I can tell you a, a half a dozen stories of the Lord saying, not yet. Mm-hmm. And it's an art. this is when I, I call this the argument phase because yeah. I'm arguing mm-hmm. with God at this point. Lord, I prayed about this. You led me to do this. You gave me a good plan. We got the right leader. We got the right team. Lord, you've provided the money, and the Lord says, wait. Mm -hmm. 
just wait, just wait. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I don't see everything that's going on and I've just learned to trust those little pauses. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a stop, it's a pause. And there's a difference, you know, even on your remote controls, there's a difference between a pause button and a stop button. Mm-hmm. Stop shuts it down. Pause is just pause, pause. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you when to hit play again. But learning to ask that at the end, Lord, is this really the right time? Am I really doing this at the right moment? Is this the best timing to do this? Yeah. And it's, again, going back to the Lord one more time to making sure that I'm not being impulsive, that I've not missed his will. I'm taking, it's almost like taking the finalized plan and laying it at the altar one more time Mm -hmm. to say, Lord, I'm giving this to you one last time. Right. It seems like, it seems like to me, you're in on all this. I've had confirmations all along the way. But question number seven is, is this really the right time? And almost always... I get a really clear answer there. So the mm. Lord's not out to frustrate us, guys. Right. Sure. Uh, please sure. hear this. The Lord is not playing games with us. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to frustrate me. He's trying to teach me obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's trying to teach me to hear his voice and to be obedient and faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then the last thing is, the last question number eight is, why are we doing this? What's the win? Mm. How do we know mm-hmm. in five years if all of this was really the Lord? Mm. And knowing that ahead of time will really give you clarity and really helps, and number one, it helps you celebrate. Yeah. Oftentimes sure. we're, we do a poor job in the church of celebrating because we didn't know what the win was anyway. Right. Yeah. And when the win happens, we, didn't, we couldn't even identify it. But if you say out front, we're going to build an apartment complex for homeless single moms and we're going to fill it up. And then we're going to launch phase two and build a state-of-the-art community center so we can really do great ministry for those women living there. And we know what the win is. Like, we're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And part of these questions have come from this process I've right. just gone through for about a $1.75 million project we're doing for our Mary's home. And I ask all these questions. Mm-hmm. But the win is getting that thing built yeah. that free. Yep. And getting those moms in a place where they can really receive ministry that's going to set them free. Yep. And I know what the win is. And I know why I'm doing it. And when you're clear on all eight of these questions, when yeah. it is so much fun to lead in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I hope this has been helpful and helps leaders kind of think through the process of what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. And my goal is, is if you listen to this podcast, that this that you not be frustrated, that you not frustrate yourself, that you don't frustrate your congregations. These questions have been super helpful to me over the years. I hope they've been helpful to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is always to strengthen and provoke the thinking of church and ministry leaders. And so if you found this or any episode helpful to you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help leaders just like you find our podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions on people or topics you'd like for us to cover, be sure to let us know via social media. And of course, please do share this and other episodes you find helpful around the web. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you. Mm